0: lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies for my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? This week, we're talking about the Behavior Hub, what it is, why it started, and how we ended up here. And since this is episode zero, I thought it would be a very unusual but perfect way to introduce the podcast and the Behavior Hub through an activity called the Authentic Self Chair. So I'm gonna explain what this is first because it's a great practice for you to implement in your own life, but also a really fun way to do this episode. So authentic self chair is when you get two chairs and you put them next to each other or facing each other, and you sit in one chair, and that is your current self. And the self in that chair asks the empty chair a question. And then what you do is you get up out of your current self chair, and you physically move to the other chair, and you're kind of stepping into your authentic self, and you answer that question that was asked from your authentic self chair sounds a little woo woo. sounds a little weird but i've done it a whole bunch of times and it's been incredibly insightful and i will jot some things down in my journal from the authentic self chair and the answers i find to the questions i ask to myself in two different forms are absolutely profound so we're going to do that for this episode and to start, current self, Lauren, is going to ask authentic self, Lauren, so what is the Behavior Hub? Move chairs. Well, the Behavior Hub is an organization that was built to help parents and educators find balance, find neutral, so that they can respond and react to children's behaviors from a more logical and rational standpoint. It simultaneously works with children to do the same thing. And while teaching both ends how to find equilibrium, it also integrates brain-based practices and how diet and nutrition impact the brain and behavior and moods and how exercise and movement impact all of these things and integrates all those areas. So that's a whole body, whole child, whole family or whole school approach, all factors considered in developing a plan. So our approach again is very non-traditional. We kind of paint a picture of what's currently going on in each situation. And then once we have that picture painted, then we start adding more details. And that's where we come up with the solutions to meet each person's needs. So every plan of action is very different. It's very individualized. It's very independent uh, of one another. Uh, And we, we have a very loose framework that we follow, but It's really intuitive coaching, intuitive training based on where people are at, which I love and created that because it didn't exist for me. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a program like that that existed for parents or for schools. So I created one. And as a person who is overly obsessed with the brain and human biology, I integrated those areas. What do we know about the history of our being, the way our brains developed and how can we use all of that information now, today, to reduce stress, to reduce burnout, to reduce overwhelm, to manage and control behaviors of children. So think like Western science meets Eastern practices. So all the Western science that we have on the brain and neuroscience, human biology, mixed with some of those Eastern-based practices, mindfulness, meditation, food we eat, herbs, all these things Because it's a beautiful blend between the two. All right. Current Lauren is asking, authentic self Lauren, why was the Behavior Hub created? What inspired this? Well, it started many, many years ago with my own childhood. Uh, Having been exposed to many adverse childhood experiences, if anyone's familiar with the ACEs, ACEs score of seven, quite high, And what we know about that with the research behind that says that there's a lot of work that needs to be done to put the body in a more neutralized, balanced state. So from that experience led me to teaching, first year of teaching, ended up in an emotional support classroom with kids that were, quite frankly, wildly out of control. And I knew I was walking to that, Uh, but at 20 years old, fresh out of college, first job, Started the day after I graduated, two days after I graduated, um, wasn't really prepared. But the beauty of that is there are so many lessons to be learned. So I had this really challenging class, got really, really curious about why kids behave this way. Why are kids acting like this? Because what I knew intuitively and internally is that that is not natural. It's not a natural response. Kids aren't born that way. So instead of getting frustrated and just responding and reacting, I took a step back and and questioned what caused this. And that led me into a deep path, a deep journey into human biology, neuroscience, reading, researching, talking to people in the field, and doing a whole lot of work across the next decade to learn more about all of this and why it's happening. And what I found was absolutely profound and I started implementing it and realized that this message, this knowledge, these strategies need to be shared with as many people as possible because it was working. It was working quickly. And I think realistically, we're in a society in Western world that moves really fast. We applaud productivity and exhaustion and being busy and overwork and being involved in everything. And because of that, we, we don't, teach things especially in school systems like emotional regulation or emotional intelligence and self-awareness and empathy and not a lot of conflict resolution either and those are all things that we need to be independent and rationally functioning in society so it's a little bit mind-blowing to me that in our homes and how we raise children in the educational setting we don't teach or embed a lot of those concepts into what we what we're doing every day and that we don't base our raising of children, educating of children on what we know about human biology in the brain. And I think what we're finding is that more and more frequently we are raising generations that just aren't prepared for the reality that is, that aren't able to keep emotional control and respond rationally and um, just show up for what, they need to face in the world. And that's not necessarily their fault. That's a society societal problem as a whole. So that's, that's why we were created. That's why I created this organization to address that, to address it from a natural standpoint, to embed all areas of the body and well-being and brain to be able to function better, show up better, and manage and reduce stress. Current Lawrence asking, authentic self Lauren, okay, well, So how do you fix this problem and what do you offer and what do you do? Well, the vision was to take this knowledge that I had gained over the last 10 years, the last decade, now even longer, and spread it across the world as quickly as possible. So how does one get information out quickly as one person you can't be everywhere at once. So I quickly realized this had to be taken online. This information had to be put in a a place where people could access it digitally. So that led to some interactive online workshops, coaching, professional development. It also led to the development of, of online courses, interactive online courses with coaching support. And because of that, people can now access the information at any time of the day and can get help when they need it and how they need it. So topics range from things like communicating with kids uh, to disarm them, to disarm their stress response system, ways to give kids back control, how to design spaces, classrooms, homes, rooms to reduce stress and overwhelm, to reduce the sensory input, how to solve problems and reduce conflict. And we also have a whole component on trauma, stress, and the brain for both children and then also for adults because a lot of, of educators especially are experiencing secondary trauma. And that led me to the most recent development of an, an adult stress management and burnout course. How do we manage our own stress level so that we can show up for our children but also for ourselves and for the people around us? And the hope from all of this is that our online presence and showing up for people would develop into a hub, hence the behavior hub, where people from all walks of life across the entire world with different experiences, different stories, different problems would come together and connect and share knowledge with one another, which is where where our core values of our organization came from. They're based out of my own core values from my life, but we lean into those Every day and everything we do and every decision we make is based on those. And Everything we create is based on those. So communication, connection, collaboration, empathy, and growth. That's what we want for the world. That's what we want for our children and the people working with those children and raising them. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if we all responded to events, happenings, stressful situations with a conscious mind from a place of compassion and rationality? Well, that's the plan. We're going to get everyone there by returning us to our primordial practices in human biology, by returning us to us. And that brings us to where we are today, to where I am today, sitting here with you, recording this podcast and choosing this, this avenue, this platform, because it's in alignment with our core values. It's authentic to me, uh, riffing on topics, sharing knowledge, speaking, and doing so in a way that people can listen without seeing, because we're already getting too much visual stimulation and uh, on screens too much, so this allows you to just listen and let your brain soak in the knowledge, and it's free information that anybody in the world can access, so it seems like a beautiful option, and I hope you stick around for future episodes where we dig deep into all things brain, behavior, stress, trauma, nutrition, exercise, all this amazing stuff about returning our bodies to our neutralized homeostasis, equalized state. All right, so now that you know who the Behavior Hub is, what we do, why we're created, and all those things, let's talk about your needs. So today's Lister question comes from State College, Pennsylvania, And the question is, how can we give children more control but still get what we need? A couple options here. An easy one, one that's probably not going to shock you, is giving them choices. But I'm going to ask you to rethink this strategy or think about it in a new way with a new lens. A lot of times when we offer choices, we offer a choice that is fair to the child, and then we offer a choice that is fair to us or two choices that are fair to us or even a choice and a threat. So I'm going to ask you to rethink that and make sure that your choices, both options are fair and motivating to the child. And think about the the way in which you can offer choices for when to do something, for how to do something, for where to do something. Get creative in offering those choices. And by offering those choices and offering two neutral, fair, motivating choices, it gives the child some sense of control. And they're not focused on not doing what you're asking Maintaining and keeping control, but they're more focused on making a choice. Another thing you can use is offering a job or a task or responsibility. And that again gives a child a sense of control. If you can offer something or create something for them to do that is motivating for them, that's fun, that they can do independently, then again they're focused on doing that task and they're building their self esteem and they're getting that dopamine release because they're excited to do it. And they're not focused on not doing the thing. So let me give you an example of that one. Let's say you are a primary school teacher. A big transition that seems to be a problem for people, educators in particular, is transition from outside to inside. Kids don't want to come back inside. Of course not. They want to be outside running around, playing on the playground, interacting with their friends, freedom that they don't often get. So we're we're taking away their control by asking them to transition inside. So let's say you have a child, one in particular, or maybe a couple, that don't want to make that transition or make that transition really difficult or refuse to make the transition. So what you can do is you can give them a job, Um, make up a job. Let's say uh, I ask the class to line up in a freeze position, like a freeze dance position. This child's job, and I give this child the the job before we go outside to recess or before uh, I initiate the lineup. This child's job is the freeze finder, so he has a special spot in the beginning of the line or off to the side of the line, and he's scanning the line once everyone's lined up to find the best freeze position. And then we transition inside, and as soon as we get inside, I check in with him or her and ask them who who had the best freeze position. And then when he he or she gives me the name, I go praise that child. We praise it as a, we praise the child as a class. But something like that is highly motivating to a child that they can do independently. That gives them the desire to make the transition because of the control they have over that transition. And, and you can modify that and alter it to use in a home setting. Obviously, you might not have the transition from outside to inside, or you may, but there are other transitions that kids may not make. What can make that more fun? What job or task can you give them to make it more fun? You can make silly, humorous things up, like freeze finders is a silly thing that is made up on the spot. And the last one is just adding humor. It gets kids to go from their emotional brain, from acting impulsively and irrationally, irrationally into their thinking brain and thinking clearly and being responsible and respectful. So humor can be added in a lot of different ways. You can make objects talk. You can use funny voices. You can make silly body movements. You can dance. All of those things and many more can be used to add humor to a moment. It's hard to do when you're stressed out. It's hard to be funny and silly when kids aren't listening, Uh, but if you can find a way to do it or practice it, rehearse it in advance, because we know that these things keep happening, these scenarios typically keep reoccurring, show up with humor. And not only are you going to flip that situation and change the energy of the child, but you're also going to change your own energy and you're going to feel a lot better yourself. So choices, jobs, tasks, responsibility, humor, ways to give kids back control. All right. So to wrap up today, I'm going to share a try it at home tip, it's called alternate nostril breathing. So with alternate nostril breathing, it really focuses on slowing down your breathing, being more mindful, and helps to reduce stress and anxiety and kind of put your nervous system back into an equal state. So you're gonna take your finger, you're gonna close off one side of your nose, and then you're gonna breathe in through your opposite side of your nose. Breathe in, hold it, take your hand, switch nostrils, and then breathe out. Now breathe in through the side, hold it, switch nostrils, breathe out. So all you're doing is you're using your finger to close off one nostril and breathe in and out and alternate between sides. brings you back to neutral right away. For kids, you can make it more fun, make it sound more fun, give it a more fun name, think of what that might represent that could be fun or funny, uh, and teach them that strategy as well. I would say at least Three to five breaths on each side. Uh, More if needed, especially if you're an adult. So that is it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. If you'd like me to answer your question on a future episode, email me at podcast at behaviorhub.com And remember, today's try-it-at-home tip to reduce stress, alternate nostril breathing. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thanks for listening.